Um, Eastern Mennonite Missions is an organization with about 110 years old organization at this point, and the ninth president and the first Latino of Latino descent president for Eastern Mennonite Missions. I've been in my, in my role, in my post for about two and a half years now. Let's see if this works. Praise God, it's working very well. So that's my, that's my family, of course, the handsome, the handsome guy to the right. You recognize already, that's me. That's my, my daughter, uh, Alexa, beautiful wife, Mariana, right here in front of us. You're gonna see her in just a little bit, a little more. Sophia, she's again, she's, uh, she's gonna be six, right, in March. Pablo, my son, and my now, my now deceased um, um, daughter-in-law, Victoria, she passed away two and a half years ago. Anyway, so that's my family. Um, and then a little bit, I'm just, I'm just gonna run real quickly about little bits of my story. How am I connected to EMM to begin with? And then I'm gonna talk about EMM for a little bit. Then I wanna show you a very brief presentation about the 1040 window, hopefully, and then we're gonna end our time thinking about how do, we, how do we mobilize God's people for God's purposes in the world? The Lord has a heart for everybody. Everybody, all nations, all tribes, all languages, everybody is in his heart. So I was born in Honduras, small country in the heart of Central America. I understand that some of you have been in Central America. Raise your hands. Some of you have, oh, wow, look at that. You've done ministry and or perhaps you've visited Central America. Well, I was born right there in Tegucigalpa, the capital city of the country. In 1973, Eastern Mennonite Missions sent a missionary down to Tegucigalpa uh, to share good news, right? Actually, he was not necessarily, he was doing that, but he was not a pastor, he was not a church planter. This brother was there as a sociologist. He was there actually serving the Lord by teaching people how to read and write, right? He was, that's exactly what he was doing. And he was busy with that. And then he ran into a situation unexpected, unexpectedly, right? All of a sudden, he was surrounded by young people and their families who were hungry and thirsty for the Lord. And then he phoned back that this is before, this predates texting, WhatsApp, and everything. And no, we had none of that in those days, right? So he, he called, he one of those calls, international call, right? Very expensive, to back, back, to, back to Salonga, where we used to be in Salonga, uh, headquarters for EMM. And he said, SOS, we have a problem. Like Houston, we have a problem, right? In this case, Salonga, we have a problem. Problem is that I'm surrounded by young people who are hungry for the Lord, but I'm not a pastor, I'm not a church planter, I'm not that type of a missionary. What do I do? Please do something about it. And the president at that time, he said to him, don't worry, we will, we will do something about it and you will let you know soon what happens, right? Some weeks after that, he receives a call from Salonga, the president is on the phone and he says, we have answers for you. We have two situations going on. The first thing, and you're gonna be really happy about this, is 
Yes, EMN will do something about this situation. And he went, hallelujah, praise God. God is good. Thank you. Second one, I don't know how you're going to take this one, but this is the thing. You are the solution to this situation. <laughs> and he went, what? I told you I'm not a church planter. Yeah, but God is calling you, my friend. So do it. Just do it. Feel completely empowered by the Holy Spirit to do this. Because guess what? All of us are on God's mission. All of us get to participate, right? Amen. And so Ed King, this is circa 1975. I was 10 years old when I met Ed King. My brother took me to this service where this gringo was talking, right? This gringuito was talking uh, about Jesus in ways that we never heard before, right? We were brought up Roman Catholic. So for me, Jesus was the guy hanging on the cross, right? But then, but then this guy is talking about Jesus as somebody that you can actually talk to and relate to and have relationship with and become like him right? and all of this. My older brother, Alan, he had met the Lord through the ministry of Ed King at that point. He was 13. So he comes to, to my house and he says, Marvin, you need to come with me to this place. I said, I don't want to. I'm 10 years old. I don't want to. He says, you have to. I said, I don't. I don't have to. I don't want to. And he says, you will come with me. He took me with him. He's the older brother, right? So what do you do? So he takes me with him to this place, to this school patio, right? Under the skies, under the, the, the stars of uh, Tegucigalpa. And then Ed King begins to preach the good news. And I'm sitting there, very close to him. You know, and I'm taking each and every word this man is saying, and everything is impacting my, my 10-year-old heart, and I feel something is different here. And then he does what, what we used to do back in the day, right? He did an altar call. He called people forward. He said, if you're here for the first time and the gospel is impacting you and you want to meet Jesus, come forward. And I thought about it for about three seconds, and then I stood up. And I went forward, and somebody asked me, young man, do you know what you're doing? I said, well, I want to meet Jesus. He said, okay, exactly. That's exactly the right answer. So they prayed for me. My life was impacted that very moment. It continues to be impacted today by the life of this missionary. Do I love God's mission? Of course I do. Do I believe in cross-cultural missions? Of course I do, because he changed my life. 46 years, fast forward, God calls me to become the ninth president for the organization that sent this missionary to Honduras in the first place. Isn't that a miracle? I celebrate that every time I see it. It's amazing. Anyway, so moving forward a little bit about EMM. So we, as I said before, we used to live, uh, we used to live, we used to have our headquarters in Salonga. Well, we lived there. We lived there for many, many years. But we moved now to 450 North Prince Street in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. That's a picture of our building. Uh, you, can, you are all invited, by the way. Pastor, bring a bunch of people, right, to visit us. We want to we get to know you better. We can have coffee, Honduran coffee, maybe. Uh, by the way, this is, this is our flag. Mariana, you want to take a picture of our flag here with me? I mean, just, just, just to send back home, you know, to my parents. 
Anybody from Honduras here? Anybody from Honduras? Maybe. Ah, nobody here. Maybe in, a, maybe in the next session today, this afternoon. Okay, so this is where we are now. This is an aerial view of our building. We have 150 solar modules out there, and you can, you can go check it out. If you come visit me, we can take coffee and then go upstairs, right, and see this stuff. Very nice. And then, and then LMC is our, is our constituency, mostly. We, um, this is a network of uh, about 300 churches, maybe 270, 280 churches plus. And, um, and we serve the missional needs of this uh, network of churches, mostly also Ivana Network and others. So we share our space together. LMC and EMM are now together in that building, which creates all kinds of synergetic uh, relationships there. This is our leadership team. Again, I'm going really, I'm cruising. I'm cruising through all of this, right? This is our leadership team uh, right now. This is Joe Garber. It's our church partnership coach. We would love for Joe Garber to come and have a conversation with you guys. I can see this is a church that is about God's mission. We just experienced that, right? You guys coming forward, supporting your missionaries in the world. There might be ways that we can work together, of course. Now, let me move forward a little bit. Yes, I still have time. So I want to invite Mariana to take this mic over here. Mariana, you're going to help me with this. You know, I didn't tell Mariana about this until, until about five minutes ago. <laughs> so this, you can go, you can go, you can come up there. So we're going to divide this audience in two, right? I'm going to be here from the middle here where Brother Glenn is, right? Brother Glenn, to the right is A. You guys are what? A. a. And you guys from Glenn to there, B. B. Richard okay. and B. B. Yeah, A, A. Excellent. Okay. This is what we're going to do. God's heart for the nations. The whole scripture from Genesis through Revelation is full with this type of language we're going to read together this morning. What do you think is the primary thing that breaks the heart of the Father? You don't have to answer right now. We're going to come back to this question in just a little bit. So we're going to explore this idea, this Abrahamic blessing, right? This Abrahamic blessing, this idea, these are two, two, two level blessings, right? Top level is A. Who's A here? Who's A? Excellent. I, say with me, I will bless you. Now, B. B, ready? And how it goes? How it goes? So, 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 so that you. Okay. Come on. So, so that you. Yeah. We can do that better. <laughs> We're not, it's not a competition, you know? <laughs> She's really, uh, okay. So, we're going to read all of us this together, A and B. Let's do this. Let's stand up, actually. Let's stand up, and if you, if you can, let's stand up and read this together. God's heart for the nation, Genesis 12, 2, and 3. I will make you into a great nation, and I will bless you. You will be a blessing, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. Sit down now. Thank you. Okay. So now... <clears throat> let's explore, let's explore A and B. We don't have to say the passage, okay? Just the scripture. So, 
Are you ready, A? A's, are you ready? From Glenn to here, okay? You know who you are. So you see where there's a highlight there, all the earth? We're gonna really do it. Very strong, okay? Okay? Get okay, ready, guys. B. Okay, A's, let's go. I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. Hey, excellent. Go B. All the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful. Good job. Now we're going to move to the next one. The whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. So that all the peoples of the earth may know your name and fear you. Hallelujah. Let's continue. Okay, ready? Ask me and I will make the nations your inheritance. Really hard, guys. The ends of the earth your possession. Do you see the pattern here already? Are you seeing this pattern? This is really powerful, guys. Okay, let's go. This is coming from Psalms. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. Be ready. So that your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. Good job. Amen. From Isaiah. I will also make you a light into the Gentiles. That my salvation may reach to the end of the earth. Oh, wow. Let's continue. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. May God bless us still. So that all the ends of the earth will fear him. Do we have more? Yes, we do have more. <laughs> Declare his glory. Okay, 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 wait, 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 wait. Ace, we need to do it really better, okay? Hey, B, just we're going to stand up, guys. We're going to stand up. For... Let's show A how to read the scripture. Okay, it's not a competition, you know? No, it's not. Not okay, at okay. all, right, Okay, guys? okay, just saying. No. Ready? Declare his glory. Among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all peoples. Wait, 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 wait. I need some help. Come here, come here, you. Yes, you've been in to read. Come and read with me. Oh, because I need help. Okay, guys, ready? Ascribe to the Lord, all you families of nations. Amen. Oh, wow, oh, wow. Oh, wow. That was really powerful. Let's all, everybody, A and B, read this one together. My, My name will be great among the nations, from where the sun rises to where it sets. And this is just the Old Testament, right? Let's see what else is there for us. The epiphany, the coming of the wise men in Matthew 2, is the first manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles. This is a pattern in all scriptures from Genesis through Revelation, right? Is I'm blessing you so that you are a blessing to the rest of the world. So let's see what we find in the New Testament. Mark, 
Everybody, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations. And what else? Matthew 24. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So what is, thank you, Mariana, so much. Thank you so much. You did very well. Even if you had to have some help. <laughs> I'm just jealous. Okay. So, again, what is, the, what is primary on the Father's heart after reading? I mean, and we could have gone on and on and on. There are more than 390-some verses in Scripture, actually, that speak about this. This is just a selection of those, okay? Think about that for a little bit. But what is God's... Prime, what's primary in his heart? For all nations, right? Say with me, all nations, tongues and tribes to worship God, to worship the Lord. All right. I want to show you, let's see if this works. We haven't tested this one, so let's see if it works. If it doesn't work, it's fine. Not a problem. We're going to continue with our presentation. I still have time. Oh, yeah, plenty of time. Okay. So reaching the unreached, this is a, a video that explains, it's a revised video about the 1040, the 1040 window. 1040 window is where more than 7,000 plus unreached or least rich people groups actually live. It's the resistant, the resistance uh, 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 strip of, 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 uh, of land in, the, in, in planet Earth, right, that where where most people who do not know about Jesus live. And so well, let's, let's just hear this for a little bit. Let's see if it works. It does. In the beginning, God created everything. He created a world full of people to know him and to be known by him. This is the story of the Bible, God bringing people to himself. And when we read the Bible, we see how God went to great lengths to do this and how much God cares about people knowing him. You most likely already know this. And you probably live somewhere where people have a general understanding of this great love story between God and humanity. And if they don't know yet, there's probably somebody in town who can tell them. But did you also know that there are three billion people who will live and die without ever hearing this story? Not because they don't care, but because they don't have a choice. Nobody ever told them that once upon a time, God became a human just like them, so that he could teach them how to know their creator. 40% of the world doesn't know this, and they won't know this. Not unless something changes. Not unless someone goes to tell them. Jesus is our wonderful example. He left his natural home to come to us, and then he tells us to do the same thing. Because we love Jesus and care about the same things that he cares about, we care about this. That the whole world would know him. That every tongue, tribe, and people group would come and be able to worship him. So the question is, are we doing this? going out into the world to bring the gospel to every tongue, tribe, and nation? Well, kind of. While churches do send people out, almost half the world still doesn't have any access to the gospel. But how is this possible? Aren't there people being sent? Well, yeah. There are about 400,000 people serving across the world today. But only 3% of them are actually going to the 40% who have never heard about Jesus. The other 97%? They're going to places that have already heard about Jesus. There's an imbalance. That imbalance 
leaves only one person for each 250,000 people who have never heard about Jesus. Put another way, we have a spirit-led calling to rethink our focus. When you look at how we use our resources, such as money, the picture doesn't look that much better. To be specific, Christians around the world are giving about 2% of their income to Christian causes. And less than 7% of that is going to cross-cultural workers. And of that cross-cultural giving, only one one-hundredth of that 0.1% is actually going to those working with the three billion people who don't know Jesus, have no church, or any Christian neighbors. The other 99% of all cross-cultural giving goes to the rest of the world that already has Christians, Bibles, and churches. Are you seeing the imbalance? Only 3% of our workers with only 1% of our cross-cultural finances are going to the 3 billion people who have never heard about Jesus. So we have to ask ourselves, are we okay with this? We want those 3 billion people to hear about the kingdom of God and how much God loves them. There are 17,000 ethno-linguistic groups in the world, people who share language, culture, and common history. 7,000 of them are considered unreached these are entire cultures who have never heard the amazing story of how Jesus loves them and came to save them. God has called us to pay attention to this, to love and care for the same things that he does. He put this desire on our heart to see the unreached reached with the amazing story of the love of God. We want to see lasting local church planning movements begin among these people groups that brings renewal and transformation among these cultures and societies. Why? because God has moved our hearts to see the gospel transform whole societies among the unreached. We know this task is bigger than us. Many of the areas that are in need of the gospel are difficult and resistant places. It isn't something that can be accomplished overnight, but by the power of the Spirit, we endeavor to preach the gospel where Christ is not known so that God can be worshiped by all peoples. So, so, so this is our this is our mission at EMM. Christ transforming love compels us to cross cultures, engage the world, and multiply disciples of Jesus. There's there is a conversation happening all around the world, like like I never heard before in, my, in all my years of being a believer. And it's a, it's a conversation about collaboration. How can we come together as the body of Christ in order to mobilize God's people towards the 40, 41% of the population in the world? We're talking about 3.2 billion people, billion people in the world who have no other believers around them Miles and miles and miles without a, another believer, somebody that they can share life with. There's no churches or Christian bodies around them where they can worship Jesus. And they don't have the Bible translated into their, their heart's language, right? So the, the three no's, no believers, no churches, no Bibles. Ah, Remember what I told you, nobody leaves. And so, 
So this is why we exist, because of those 3.2 billion people. This is why we come to work every week in our, in our building, in our office. This is why we get behind all these missionaries, people who have said yes to the Lord. Yes, Lord, send me. I will go for you, like Ed King did. He didn't have to. He didn't have to move his wife and five kids to, to share good news with people in Tegucigalpa, Honduras. He did not have to. He was living a comfortable life in Ohio, in this country. But he decided to say, yes, Lord, we will go. And when he was challenged by EMM to actually do something for these people that he was working with, right? He did not say, no, this is not what I do. He said, yeah, well, I don't know how to do it, but I will learn. I will walk with these people because they're hungry, because they're thirsty for truth. They're looking for something. And so they engaged us. So these are our five priority regions in the world. Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where in the first floor of our building, we have a welcoming center for refugees and immigrants. And we have we've been doing, we're seeing ministry that is happening every week to all kinds of different people who are coming to the Lancaster area. So that's a priority for us. Also, West Africa, Central Europe, Central Asia, and Southeast Asia. In some of these places, we have already engaged. We have ministry going on, like in Southeast Asia and Northeastern Thailand. We are working with the Isan. The Isan is a people group with about 20 to 21 million people. Less than 1% of them are evangelical believers. We're working with a group of about 250 strong believers who are sharing good news in that part of the region, uh, in that region of Thailand. I mean, so a vision support team is something that we are thinking uh, can, can become an, adv an advocacy, group, ad advocacy group of individuals, churches, and other entities organized to provide support and encouragement to EMM as we engage these new parts of the world. Let me just say this. We have been engaging for, a more, as I said before, more than 100 years in parts of the world like Latin America, Central America, South America for sure, and then East Africa, where we have seen Jesus' movements actually take root and grow and multiply. But God is calling us now to refocus, as we heard in the video, this is, is God's calling to all of us to refocus our work. How can we at this point in time, 2,000, more than 2,000 years after we got our marching orders to go and make disciples, still 40 to 41% of the population in the world, 8 billion people in the world, about three, one out of three people in the world has either never heard or, or, or barely heard about Jesus. They, have, they don't have enough engagement, not enough opportunity, not enough access to the good news. Okay, so... Moving forward quickly here. So this is where we want to go. This is the 1040 window that this person was talking about in the video. This is where we want to go. Our vision is we catalyze movements that multiply disciples of Jesus around the world, giving primary focus 
primary focus to people's groups that are currently least, least rich. Not that we don't care for those who are lost around us, right? We will always have people who are lost without faith, without God around us. But they do have access to the good news. The reason they don't believe is because they don't want to believe they have access to it. There are churches, there are believers, there are Bibles translated into their language, right? Their hard language. But we want to go where none of those things are available. So again, more than 3 billion people. As the video said, the guy in the video, the man in the video said, something is not right about that. And we, church, listen to me, we can do something about it. We are doing something about it. As I can see, these churches engaging in missions. Now, to end, to end my presentation with you today, Revelation 7, 9, and I, wanna, I want to ask you to, to stand up. We're going to end with this. This is the vision, the visionary, the, the, the person, John, John who wrote the, the Revelation. He saw this, right? This is, a, this is where everything ultimately ends, right? After this, let's read it together. After this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands. In their hands. You may see, you may be seated. Finally, one, one way we're helping our constituency and the churches that we partner with understand this need that we have is by, by providing this resource. It's the Kairos course, an exciting and interactive study of the purpose and plan of God from Genesis to the end of the age. This is available to anybody who's willing to participate in. I, I think this is changing people mindsets, it's changing churches, it's changing believers mindsets from, from Sunday goers to world believers, world global believers instead. So thank you, thank you pastor for allowing us to share with you this morning. Thank you congregation, thank you. Uh, leaders, everybody. I also want to name Jennifer Weaver, who's back there. Jennifer is my, my assistant, executive assistant. She's helping us with a table. There's a table with information about EMM at the end, at the back of the church out there. God bless you all. Thank you so much. invite any pastors that are in the room to come up to the front. We're going to end with a time of prayer and worship. So I invite everyone to stand and join us as we sing one closing song. And, and for anyone in the room who for any reason um, would be interested in prayer with one of the pastors, you're invited up with them.
faith we see the hand of God in the light of creation's grand design in the lives of those who prove his faithfulness who walk by faith and not by sight by faith our fathers roam the earth with the power of his promise in their hearts of a holy city built by God's own hand a place where peace and justice reign we will stand as children of the promise we will fix our eyes on him our souls till the race is finished and the work is done by faith by faith and not by think it was um, just the, the lead up to Easter, I was struck by Psalm 22. Um, that's the famous psalm where Jesus says, 
my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Um, and, and in my Bible, as in most Bibles, there's an inscription of an Old Testament reference um, whenever you see it in the New Testament. So I went digging. I was just like, I've always wondered why does, you know, Jesus say God forsakes him? Um, and, and, of course, we know that's tricky, right, because a lot of us even grew up singing that famous hymn about the father turning his face away. Um, but then I went and I actually read Psalm 22. And I remember that if these psalms are not just scriptures, but they were songs first, then perhaps that Jesus was singing. I can relate to that, right? I know for me, I've never been on a cross, but I had um, uh, coaches growing up who thought that, you know, threatening and, and pressurizing and, and making us suffer was a good thing, right? And in these moments of suffering, I learned to sing. So I can resonate with that. But I've always thought about what was Jesus singing? So if the psalm begins with Jesus dying for the sins of the world, saying, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And if the psalm continues with how God has called them to this thing, how does the song end? And I, I thought about as we read to this, this morning about God's call and God's heart for the nations, let's go back to that psalm and see what Jesus was dying for. Let's see what song Jesus was singing. Because the first line of the song doesn't tell the whole tale. Jesus is bringing us in to say, this is how I feel. Then he takes you to the psalm and say, this is what God's called me to. And then he gives us this vision of the end. The end of Psalm 22 reads like this, starting at verse 25. From you, O God, comes the theme of my praise in the great assembly. Before those who fear and acknowledge you, I will fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. Those who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. And all the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations will bow down before him. For dominion belongs to the Lord and he rules over the nations. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to dust will kneel before him. Those who cannot keep themselves alive, posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness, declaring to a people yet unborn, he has done it what a blessing that even on the cross dying for our sins our God so loved the world what a blessing that it's not the introduction to the suffering but the redemption that comes through his being raised from the dead what a blessing that he's saying God I feel forsaken but you've called me to this and what has he called them to but to redeem the nations to call all future generations to him, that every family of the world may be blessed by him. Sisters and brothers, as we go, as we celebrate this morning, those 14 families in our church who've gone out, as we celebrate those of us who are in the work every single day serving the nations, may we be remembered that God came for the world. That if there's 3 billion people who've yet to hear, that we still have work to do. And selfishly, may we remember that Jesus won't come back until the work is done. May we go. May we serve. May we love. Our Father and our God, we thank you so much for your heart for the nations. May we be reminded of that famous verse, for God so loved the world. May we hold on to that, not just as God so loved me, or God so loved our church in Harrisburg, or God so loved our missionaries, for God so loved the world. So God, help us to know, even this morning as we go, what you've called us to, what the work that you've put on our heart, maybe it's a work of more intentional prayer, maybe it's a work of more sacrificial giving, but Lord, maybe in this room, you're tugging at our hearts, 
And maybe you've been tugging for a while. Some of us grew up in church where the missionaries would come, and that's how we became missionaries. So, Lord, I want to open the floor for that too this morning. Maybe there's some, uh, not just one person, maybe there's a few of us, Lord, that even right now the Spirit is speaking to. Lord, I pray that if your servants are here, may you not just convict them, but may you truly free them to go. And may we as a community be committed to prayer, be committed to giving, be committed to love. For, Lord, you will not return till the last person is saved. And the last person will not be saved unless we keep partnering with you and the Spirit to go. So, Lord, help us now as we go to make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Not worried about how equipped or ill-equipped we are, but knowing that all you've asked us to do is to teach them everything you've taught us. And God who promises to be with us always, we give you thanks. We give you glory. Help us to live to proclaim your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In your holy and precious name, Lord, we pray. Amen. God bless you all. Introduction to that song though, that was really good. Yeah. It was a really good introduction. It was a really good introduction to that song. Yeah. yeah. yeah.